Greetings and welcome. It's Aki Anastasiu. Welcome to another edition of What's Next as we look at how the COVID-19 crisis is affecting businesses and how the ICT sector is reacting to the changes that are happening all around us as we're in lockdown. This is the new way of doing things. This is the new normal and we are very privileged and uh, a warm welcome to the Managing Director of Squidnet, Patizwe Malinga, who joins us uh, today on What's Next. Patizwe, how are you doing? It's good to see you. Thank you. Um, thank you, Aki. I'm doing well. Thank you for asking, and I hope you're doing well, too. I'm doing very well, thank you. Well, listen, um, firstly, uh, Squidnet and IoT, I mean, this is what your DNA is all about. And I guess that, uh, that the, the, the conditions that we are facing with us around the world at the moment are basically made for Squidnet uh, with all the remote devices being controlled and bringing amazing information to organizations. Just tell us from a personal point of view, how has the COVID-19 crisis been treating you and how has it been for you to run your organization SquidNet remotely? Yeah, um, no, you're absolutely right, Aki, thank you. Um, you know, the, the COVID-19 situation is it's, it's almost a situation made um, for companies like us. Um, uh, was it Winston Churchill who said, um, never let a good crisis go to waste? But, but in reality, you know, it's a very layered um, um, problem that we're facing. Um, in April, for example, we saw a dip in, um, in, in a lot of our, our sales and our activations uh, because lockdown five meant um, the people we represent couldn't make it into houses um, to install um, IoT or, or into vehicles to install IoT. But of course, May, uh, we saw that bounce back. And now uh, we're back to uh, business, um, not as usual, but business at levels Pre the, I call it the great reset. I hope that catches on one day. <laughs> yeah, I, I've, I've been saying the same thing to people. It's like everything has just been reset, right? Rebooted of, yeah. uh, of economics, of business, of everything, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's quite interesting you say that, that uh, even though the whole purpose of, 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 of SquidNet and having these devices out there is that you can basically, uh, you know, look at things remotely, but you have to have them you have to have access to them to install the things, you know. So I'm sure Absolutely. after April, once the restrictions were lifted, um, did you have a big demand for IoT devices to be installed? I think um, one we did, we did. And, and one of the, the first indicators that we looked at is, are we going to get to the same level that we were at before with the same kind of trajectory? Um, and, and, and in May, we started seeing that lifting, but it took all of, all of May for us to kind of get back. Yes. Um, it was a very big hit um, that, that our customers took, um, but they're now back in business. And we are, we are also starting to see this big demand. Um, I call it the digital imperative. Um, you know, before we would be at length, we would, we, we would have to explain at length what IoT is and the benefits of, of IoT. And with this, um, where we sit now, it's just becomes easier, you know, um, COVID and the lockdown situation just kind of explains to executives exactly uh, what remote visibility uh, means to them because these are the things, these assets that they no longer can go to um, is what they care about the most now. Well, I love, I love the, 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 the phrase that you've coined. Uh, what is it? IoT is as simple as ABCD. Absolutely. Backend platform, uh, connectivity and device, right? And yeah, and I think yeah. for, for many uh, executives that I've been speaking to, you know, that's like one of the aha moments is, you know, to have that remote accessibility of many of your 
um, of your, if it's manufacturing, if it's automation, whatever it might be. Now, at Squidnet, where are you seeing the biggest growth with IoT? Um, and I, I guess it might not come now immediately, but I think that there's a, there's a wave of this coming as people realize, yeah. hey, we really need to get on board with IoT. So where are you seeing the, you know, the, the massive growth coming mm -hmm. from? Definitely water metering, um, Aki. You know, water metering is, is and there's waves of it. Um, this water metering. So before, before the Great Reset, um, it was water metering because what people were getting, um, people like City of Cape Town were in drought situations and they wanted to know how much water they were using so they don't get hit with sanctions. Um, now when we went into lockdown, um, people were getting water tanks delivered to the most ruralist of places, um, but the water tank isn't the water. You need to replenish um, um, that water tank. Um, we need to have water running into our schools. We're getting our kids now going back into schools. Um, and water is, is a big life-saving device, not just from a drinking point of view, but the ability to wash your, your hands. And so we're seeing, we're seeing a, a big demand and a big push happening in that space um, because of the, the, the world that we're living in. But before that, why water meters is also big, is one of the biggest or the quickest ways for a municipality um, to provide these basic services that you and I desperately need to increase our life expectancy is, is for them to have enough money um, as they give you the shared resource to recoup that cash and, and, and keep spending it and growing that community. What, was, what, what they were starting to discover is a lot of their water um, is either in dispute um, or, or what, they, what they dread the most is it leaks and disappears well before it gets to the houses. So what, what um, IoT is allowing them to do is starting to understand um, where is their water disappearing in terms of leaks, and secondly, to give you and I, the citizen, um, a surety that, that we are being charged for what we used rather than what we think um, um, we used. I mean, give us, give us a typical scenario. You mentioned now yeah. the city of Cape Town, yeah. and you talk about yeah. water, and water is going to be one of those scarce resources in the yeah. next few years really need to look at it because it's very, very precious and it's going to become very rare. Um, but yeah. Squidnet's a very interesting company. You've got this, uh, and I want you just to elaborate on it because you've got this low frequency network that doesn't use a lot of data. And I think if I'm not mistaken, you cover 80% of the country, more than 80% of the country. More so, than 90 now. 90, well, there you go. But so how does the technology uh, work and, and, and how does your device talk to another device and can right. myself as a user get access to that information as well? And how small is this device? And where do you yeah. put it? Um, <laughs> that's, 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 um, um, I like the ABCD and we can work the ABCD to answer that question. So, and, and we can kind of work it backwards, right? Yeah. And to say that we've got this asset, um, this asset that we care about, um, and this asset is intelligent enough to know when it goes into distress. Right. Um, in terms of water, it will tell us, you know, the water meter will start running at a, at a far higher rate than normal um, to show that water is disappearing quite rapidly. Um, when the sensor that we attach to the water meter um, realizes that this is a out of tolerance, whatever that, that may be, let's call it more than 10% of yes. normal, uh, it sends a message and it fires a message very much like the SOS messages of days past. It just fires to say, I'm in distress. Um, it doesn't get an acknowledgement of that message uh, that somebody heard it. That's what we do as a network. We prove, uh, or rather we guarantee that we'll hear that message. We pick that message up 
and we're very much like a post office. And yes. we ask ourselves, who owns this message? Um, we, 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 we go into our post office and, and we know that Aki owns this message and we send you a notification, Aki, to come and fetch your message. Um, your cloud, your backend, connects to our cloud and picks up the message and then you interpret it and display it on a phone. All of this happening in, in nanoseconds. So I explain it very long. It happens in, in less than a second. Um, very secure, um, unhackable, uh, because we don't have an IP address. So it's not a backdoor into your company's um, secrets. You know the old story of, of somebody hacking a fish tank in Las Vegas to get into um, the, the casino systems. None of that is, 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 is possible in this world. So that's interesting. And how small is the sensor that you put inside the water meter? And how is it? Um, they, are, they are incredibly small. Um, um, I'm carrying right now my, my AirPods. So I've got yeah. my, my AirPod um, case. Right. And most devices will not be more than twice the size based on the usage. And some will actually be in this size. If you okay. were using IoT in your vehicle, it would really be as simple as taking a device this big and tossing it into your back seat. And it works because it will detect every time your car leaves. And, and stops. In the case of water meters, uh, we don't want to take away the old water meter because it's still valuable to you and replace it with a whole new water meter. Um, so what our um, um, factories can do is they can build a sensor that you can just attach to the old water meter and it kind of acts like a reader. It reads those little <laughs> numbers uh, kind of going. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and it can pick that up or it will read the little pulse as the pulse flashes. And um, so you synchronize and it knows how much water is kind of being used. So very, very low tech. And then to your point, very, very low power. Um, the previous technology or the previous generation of these would last in the field, let's say two years, a very good water meter would last two years. We're getting 15 years out of, out of our devices out in the field. That's extraordinary. So That's for a company supplying the service, it means for 15 years, you have the lowest possible maintenance cost. Yeah, that's amazing. And, you know, I, I would imagine that there are lots more other applications that you're all looking at. Uh, I, I just look yeah. at cable theft, for example, that we have in our country. Absolutely. I mean, Absolutely. and I keep thinking to myself, well, why have we not designed something that's going to help us prevent cable theft? Um, surely yeah. it can't be very difficult. And, and, and a technology like yours, and I'm sure you have solutions for cable theft. And, uh, you yeah. know, in particular with ESCOM, which do you want to elaborate on, on future applications that, that might be really useful? Absolutely. I mean, we can take it from, from, from base stations, which is um, base stations and the batteries of the base stations. Um, tracking those was very expensive. And, yes. and what's nice about technology is every two years, the cost of technology components halves. And I don't have to tell you this, Aki. Uh, mm. That's the Moore's law, right? Every, every two years, we get half the cost. Right. What, what happens from a tech point of view is the first time we try and solve a problem, we try and solve it with very, very expensive tech. Yes. Um, the tech is usually far more expensive than the asset that we're trying to, to protect. And in the case of ESCOM and cable theft, the tech that I know the guys took in there was more expensive than the cables that they were trying to steal. But over the years, the cost of technology has dropped. Our IoT solutions are now probably one year away from being disposable. Disposable means less than five rand. You can now track a device or you can track a sensor, it's green to the environment, um, you, you know, it's not going to cause all sorts of waste out there. And, and it's one-time use. 
So, so it's lived out there for years, maybe even 15, 20 years. But if anyone goes and tries to cut the cable, it'll send a message to say this cable has been cut. That I think is the world that we're going to. Um, but, but all credit to people like ESCOM. It's not that they didn't try before. It was yes, just, yes. it was prohibitively expensive. Yeah. Um, now we're getting to a point where, where it is democratized, as we like to say in, in, in the data sense. You've got a very, very interesting business, uh, SquidNet. I, I find what you guys do really fascinating. And you, the fact yeah. that you cover more than 90% of the country is really yeah. interesting. And, and the, the fact is that you've got these devices that send minuscule amounts of data that uh, are just yeah. talking to a network, translating that, putting through an algorithm uh, and gathering some interesting insights. Um, where do you see, essentially, you're also in the telecommunications industry and you are in IoT at the same time, right? So yeah. where do you see this industry going, bearing in mind that the pandemic is changing everything around us and is changing the face of many businesses? Where do you see your industry going in the next two years? Um, I think, I think in, when I look at the IoT industry, I think we've just started. Um, and, and I thought, you know, we, we all believe, we all, I always say we, we sit by our own water coolers and we drink our own Kool-Aid and, yeah. and, and believe things are going um, swimmingly when maybe they're not. Um, so I try to look at the evidence because we are a, a company that sells ground truth and we're looking at our ground truth. Um, as of end of last year, um, we are now processing over a million messages a day on our network. Um, and, and we have not even um, scratched the surface of what we would like to process in terms of messages. Um, so that was the first thing to say, is this, is this industry growing? Is it relevant? Is it, is it doing work? that is currently being done out there by other technology. And, mm. and, and there's that phrase, jobs to be done. Yes. And, and, and I distilled them down to about five things that I think this industry will really be um, very good at sorting out when it comes to jobs. And for me, those five would be, um, are your assets safe? You know, think of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And that means they can't be stolen and, and, and they can't be um, damaged. Because sometimes assets are people. Um, yes. protecting your children, making sure that they're not, not being, being kidnapped for ransom, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the second level, I think, um, um, from that will then be, are they usable, these assets? It doesn't matter that they're safe. If I have a farm, no one can steal my farm, but is the soil usable? Um, am I able to check water, the water um, content in the soil to make sure that I can grow the best yield that I can grow? Um, and then the third, um, which I already spoke about, is, is getting paid for services rendered. So that ground truth, making yes. sure that the water meter. And then the last one, which, which is actually probably the most common sense one, but it takes a while to get there, is are my goods in good condition? When I, left them, when I let them leave my distribution center into the supermarket right. um, and it was fresh produce, um, did it get there without being exposed too much to sun? Um, or if it's medicine, in the case that we are now, is it still medicine that has good, good efficacy in it? You know, and, and some medicine, once it yes. goes above a certain temperature, is no more effective. Um, those, I think, are the jobs that IoT will be, will be instrumental uh, in, in, in improving in our lives and therefore in innovating what we provide as products and services to the citizens of our country. Fascinating. I've been asking everybody this question, so I'm going to ask you this one as well, Patiswa. Okay. Is where the the yeah. throughout this Corona lockdown and the uh, yeah. and I'm sure you've been working from home all along. I can see you. You're not at the office at yeah. the moment. Um, yeah. 
What has been your aha moment? Um, there's been lots. There's been lots, and 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 it's been it's been it's been amazing. I think my biggest aha moment is is it doesn't have to be an Arab uprising. We have inherently good people who have just been focusing on the wrong priorities. Yes. And we are all collectively have now started focusing on the right priorities. Why I say it doesn't have to be an Arab spring is we look at things like Black Lives Matter. Why now all of a sudden has Black Lives Matter um, just caught on? It's because everybody now prioritizes the right things. And for me, maybe ethics being, being, being the number one, where finally that message has come through. Um, the big aha moment for me was how unequal we are as South Africans. Um, as a society, the, the difference between the haves and the have-nots. And, and history repeatedly tells us that the only way to, to reset that kind of situation is when you have an all-out civil um, um, uprising, hence, hence the, the, the Egyptian uprising. Yes. But I, I now have hope because I now see that we can correct things that we believe could not be corrected um, just by, by us collectively focusing on the right thing. And, and that's been my big aha is, is we are all now caring about education and it's not about just our kids um, going, going to school versus the kids in, in the rural areas who can't. We're asking, what about all the kids? How do we sort it out for everybody? It's no longer about private health versus public health. It's about all the healthcare and, and all of us having access to, to this life-saving um, interventions. Yeah. So, so for me, it's, it's been heartwarming. I, I never thought in my lifetime I could see, not just imagine, but see the world become a better place. And oh, I think that's, 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 that's so positive. And you know, it's amazing that, as you correctly say, we've known that these issues existed before. Uh, we've yeah. known about the challenges we face in our country. I think that COVID yeah. has just taken this massive spotlight and just uh, yeah. put a massive spotlight on inequality in this country. Um, and really, it's really, really shone uh, those who have and those who have not. In a time like this, we should not be in a situation like this as a country and as a global citizen. Absolutely. And, 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 and I, I, I would like to believe that we maybe didn't think we had the courage. Now we know we've got the courage to sort it out. We, we, know, our, we know the world's in a good place because our kids are, the front, are in the front of these protests saying all lives matter or, or, or whatever the, 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 the right slogan is. Inspiring words there. Thank you so much, Patizwe. Uh, Patizwe Malinga, who is the Managing Director of SquidNet, thank you very much for your time on what's next. We wish you well, we wish you good health, and uh, may, may SquidNet grow from strength to strength. It sounds like you're on an incredible trajectory uh, that's kind of been, um, you know, uh, Corona has just brought it to the front, and I think that you guys are really going to be in for a, a very positive growth uh, in the next few years. Thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you very much, Aki. Thank you.